The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Cowboys! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. It is another Talking Cowboys Tuesday here in the offseason from the SWBC studios at the Star in Frisco, May 31st, 2022. It is the final day of the month of May, which means we are getting closer and closer to the 2022 NFL season. And we'll break down the first week of OTAs and a whole lot more here over the next hour, back with the usual crew, Heckma Harrison, Isaiah Stanback, Rob Phillips, I'm Kyle Yeomans. We've got Jazz in the back running the show for Chris Beam this week. And gentlemen, we're getting closer. Yeah. We got to see a little bit of a glimpse of football. You get that little itch. It's starting to kind of get to that point where you feel like it's uh, it's not right around the corner, but it feels like it's getting there. Did 100 you, days. You it, Did right? you scratch the itch, though? little bit. Yeah. OTAs. Okay. Yeah, it's just a quick scratch. It's just a little tease yeah. is all it is. Yeah. But yeah. 100 days to the season, I believe, exactly today. Let's go. Is it 100 today? According to project. Adam Schefter, that was his scoop for the morning. Oh, to the season. Yeah. The Cowboys season. got 103 games or days till their game. Okay. I believe, How many days do we have to count, Kyle? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Not yet. Less, less than 100, a lot less. 20 days. 20 days. We're there. I, <laughs> I had my math wrong a couple times because I was thinking 70 days, yeah. but I, I turned that into seven weeks and yeah, not the right math, but that's okay. It's more than seven weeks, I'll tell you that much. I guess last time it was nine and a half weeks last yeah. week, so that would make it eight and a half weeks. From How was you guys this Memorial Day? It's amazing. High quality? It's high, it's high Bobby, quality H2O. Why are you yeah. talking about the can of The Deja water. Blue he can't, is He just... can't get over the fact that it's in a can. Yeah, I feel like Stone Cold, but it's like really not that you, big of a you concept. Together. You saw the you saw the Stone yeah. Cold smash. I mean, this yeah. is high quality. I don't know if it's better because it's in a can or Steve Weiser's. It's good stuff, man. Sorry, yeah. he's just trying Memorial to get Day. A deal. This is how I got down Memorial Day nil deals. It's, it's <laughs> working its way to the steadfast. I still home. got eligibility. Yeah. <laughs> how was your Memorial Day? It's good. Yeah, that's good. Just chilling. You know, I got a green thumb. Over the weekend, I oh, planted the some shrubs. Nice. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Down some some trees and such and got completely ate up. But, yeah, yeah man, I got mm. rewarded, you know, uh, for all of my hard work. You know, I took the dinner and all of that. So. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> yes. Miss Nikki. <laughs> so I did a good thing. <laughs> I put in shrubs, guys. That's and, I know, and that's a for show right on. <laughs> show right on. And of course, uh, honoring all of the the men and women Absolutely. that have fallen in our armed forces <laughs> throughout the years. So it was it was a great weekend. But we also got to keep in mind why it was there. But Absolutely. Let's take a look at some of the news and notes from our Cowboys first week of OTAs. Anything pop out of there, Rob? Yeah, I mean, it was a it, like you said, it's scratching a little bit of an itch. You know, finally get him on the field. Watch some guys in, in non-pad situations. Um, you got to see a little glimpse of what the offense looks like without Amari Cooper, but I, it's going to be a little bit till we see the full core because you got guys dealing with some stuff. So you had Dak Prescott out there without James Washington, without Jalen Tolbert, 
without Michael Gallup. So it was, you know, you got to project a little bit. But, you know, it, it was it was nice to see uh, guys just back on the field doing some stuff. And they've got two of them this week, only two coming off the long weekend. And, and man, in two weeks from now, they got the minicamp, and then they're out, out for the summer. Now, whatever's going on with Jalen Tolbert, uh, P, you got to give me some information on this because I think that's where Cowboy fans are just freaking out that he started off yeah. with the the is it the red jersey, yellow jersey, whatever jersey. Yeah, he was doing some stuff with Britt Brown, Cowboys director of rehabilitation, which I think it's more fun to practice than it is to work with Britt Absolutely. most of the time. Uh, sounds like he's probably I think it's a little bit of a hamstring. And Mike McCarthy said he might be back on the field this week. So they don't think it's anything serious. James yeah. Washington was in a boot. They didn't really provide much detail on why, but he may be back in the next couple weeks. If not, I would say by training camp, but they may be, it may be something that they're just going to be careful with up until Oxnard. We'll see. Um, but but, it, but <clears throat> you're, you're starting three receivers during these drills, and they did a lot of situational stuff. It was an install day. They did some two-minute type stuff offensively and defensively. Uh, you had Noah Brown and Simeon Fajoko as you're starting outside receivers with the first team, and you had CD working inside, mm-hmm. which is what he's done for the you know duration of his career mostly so far. So had to adjust, and no Tyron Smith either, uh, at least in that practice that we saw last week, his back tightened up on him. So you had Matt Letzko and Josh Ball getting first-team reps. Yeah, I think you look at what Heckman was talking about, freaking out about Jalen Tolbert, and it's easy to have that overreaction after the first OTAs and guys are out. But I think the one where, one place that that's founded is the fact that Tyron Smith already is having some kind of back tightness and there's just something there and it's lingering into this offseason and it continues to be a a storyline because I mean that's what the storyline has been is how healthy is Tyron Smith going to be able to stay throughout an entire offseason and into the regular season and the answer so far is he's still uh, missing a little bit of time We got so much to put on our plate already. And we, I mean, here we are in May and we're talking about back tightness. I'm not worried about it, honestly, Good. guys. I really am not. Um, Nobody th- really should be. Let's, I mean, here's the thing because we know he's going to miss some games. Let's just put that in our heads. Uh, last season, I believe he played 11 games. Yes. 11 yep. games. Missed so, six. Missed six. So let's say the over under this year, if we get 13, <laughs> we're good. And I think the swing tackle positioning, you just got to insert X-Files music right there because we can't, we can't figure out who the swing tackle is. It is a, the biggest mystery going into camp. Who is going to be the swing tackle? And not enough has been made about it. Seriously, <laughs> not enough has been made about it because we've got to figure that part out, especially if we've let, we let go of some our right tackle. Now we have Steele. We don't even have him in, as an option anymore to be our swing tackle. So that, those are just some of the bigger lingering questions about up front, and I know that's something that worries you as well. It definitely worries me. That's a position that you wanted to sure up this offseason. They haven't done so yet. There's still a lot of time. Right, we still have a couple months before camp, I'm assuming, seven, eight weeks, I'm running Yeah, there. something like that. Something right there. Uh, so there's still time, and I think that that's a position that they're going to have to address along with some other positions, especially as some of these injuries kind of linger around. It's it's If you're going to sustain some of these soft tissue injuries and things of that nature, it, first of all, 
Cowboys Nation, soft tissue injuries around this time of the year is expected, especially for rookies. Seemingly, seemingly just from the standpoint that they're coming off of training for specific drills, and now all of a sudden they're coming out of training for months on, on end for those specific drills, 40, broad jump, yeah. all those things, and now they're going to transition straight into playing football again. You're going to sustain some soft tissue injuries because you're moving at, <clears throat> in multiple facets, right? You're moving in different angles, you're, you're planning, you're cutting, you're accelerating, you're taking on resistance from other guys now. You're going to sustain some of those injuries until your body adapts back into that environment again. So it is okay. Tober will be fine. Washington, all these guys will be perfectly fine. Um, however, um, you want to see what the moves the Cowboys are going to make going into this summer because you want to have that depth. That depth, that that confidence that you had last season. Hey, if somebody goes down, there's somebody else that can step up. Or hey, we have a game plan. If, if Tyron goes down, we can swing. So that doesn't seem to really be in play right now. So I think that's an area that they're going to have to sure up between now and the time training camp begins. I mean, we talked about this last week and problem spots. And who, what's your biggest one? I said swing tackle just because, to Heck's point, that's a starting position based on history for at least three games over the last five years. And they have not, to Isaiah's point, they have not signed – a veteran for that role like they've normally done. And if you listen, if you, if you believe Jerry Jones at the draft, he said they're out of that market because they have three young tackles that they like and they want to see. Now, based on performance slash injuries, you can change your opinion of that yeah. and try to go out and find a guy. But they've invested draft picks in Josh Ball, Matt Willetsko this year, and then Tyler Smith, depending on if he's a guard, okay, take him out of that. Mm -hmm. If he's left guard. But they're all in that mix. And I guess they're just going to see it through. And I'm not worried about Tyron Smith with with the back last yeah. week. Like if you've got anything and you're going to be a, a key role player starter, they're going to hold you out. Osa, Osa had a little thigh thing that happened in in OTAs last yeah. week. They held him out of the open one that we People saw. People don't know you're a back sympathizer. Yeah, big time. Yeah. I got yeah. I got two herniations back there. So if, if, I mean, it it sucks. We're herniation and, and brothers. We are. We are. And and like if. It doesn't go away. This is this has been a thing for Dak for uh, not Dak for Tyron for yeah. for years in training camp. He'll take these maintenance days. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, they 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 they've got youth there that they've got to find who's going to step up there, and my, maybe it's Josh Ball. My fear, and and I, I understand that you want to have trust and you want to have faith into your scouting department, into your coaches to be able to develop to talent, give your talent an opportunity to actually uh, you know to you know. <clears throat> Get their legs underneath them and say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna rest assured on the guys that we have." I get that thinking and I understand it from the perspective of the front office. However, worst case scenario is you go through camp, guys do okay. Now all of a sudden, there's three preseason games. Three. Yep. Correct. You get to the first preseason game and you're like, "Crap." It ain't, it's not what I thought, or it's not what I was hoping for. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, now you got two weeks to try to fill a spot before a season for for depth. Right, and I don't like that position because there are going to be a lot of other teams probably in that same boat. They're going to be trying to fish out that same pool, and their fish just may not be there. So I am from the standpoint of I would prefer they secure that now. Right, I know what, what, what Double J said. I would rather secure that now in a very friendly manner in terms of your contracts and all that jazz. Protect yourself just in case. Right, and guess what? If your young guys pan out. 
it's, 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 it's the league, okay? Yeah. We understand. Guys get cut all the time, fired, however you want to look at it. It sucks. It's a part of the business. Guys understand, and you hope that they get other opportunities, but you at least protect yourself at all times. Uh, real quick, I wonder if it's salary, too, in part, because they've they've spent up to, I don't know, two, three million on a swing tackle in the past, whether it was mm-hmm. Cam Irving, Cam Fleming, and, you know, those dollars last year. Yeah, those yeah. dollars are precious right now for them. And and if you've got a, a, I mean, you don't want to play around with this position, but if you've got a rookie that can win the job on much less than that, or a, or a young player like Ball, maybe you do that. Yeah, I think when Jerry made the uh, statement, I took it as, you know, another Jerryism, and that situation is fluid. Yeah. They understand the investment that they have in Dak Prescott, and you go back over last season, I think some of your, your, the lull or the when the production started to swing down was when you had that musical chair situation start mm-hmm. to happen up front again. Nobody's going to give a give Dak that excuse or the Cowboys that excuse, but that's the problem that they've had, and maybe the dollars have something to do with it. But I, I gotta, I really gotta agree with the front office with this. When you put invest those picks, you got Ball, you got Forniak, like you just mentioned. You have to rely on the development of those players, and I think they feel like they have those guys to the point where. You know, look, I don't have to go out here and get $3 million, $4 million swing tackle to come in here. And, and maybe I think the rules – that the rule changes with guys that are going to the practice squad now – like we talked about last year, teams are now able to hoard all of their offensive <laughs> linemen, and they ain't letting those left tackles. Or if you look like a left tackle, go to the streets. Not happening. I mean, I would be surprised <laughs> if it's Matt. Well, let's go, Kyle. As like, the r- swing tackle, like, right away this year, coming out of North Dakota, and he had. And I'm not saying this is going to be his life or his career, but he had a welcome to the NFL moment in, in OTAs last week where. Micah put him on his rear end, you know, on, in these one-on-one passing drills, and that's just part of it. But like, I, there's some there's some development that he's going to have to have, um, and maybe it's again Josh Ball at least has been in the program for a year, and they like his ability, and maybe that's the guy they're looking to try to seize it this year. Yeah, I think if Matt Willetsko is the selection for the swing tackle, or if he's the guy, then that says two things: one, they don't feel super confident on anybody that's out in the open market, and two, that's really. It's not a good sign for Josh Ball because, like you said, he's been in it. He's been around. He's been in the system. He's had time to win that job plenty of times in the past. If Matt Willetsko comes in as a fifth-round pick and it's like, oh, my gosh, here he is. Here's, he's the guy. That's a little bit of an issue. I would be That yeah. would be where I'm looking What's, at Isaiah, <laughs> Isaiah across the table and saying they don't feel comfortable with what they've got in the room. What's your guys' preference? Would you guys rather go into camp currently with what, who you have on the roster, or would you like to solidify that by grabbing a veteran? Talking just about in case. Tackle specific. Tackle specific. Just in case. I would love to get a veteran. Okay. Yeah, I'm all just in case is my I live there. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because like we haven't seen we haven't even seen Josh Ball really. Exactly. Like, he, he didn't I, he did not participate in a preseason game last year because he hurt his ankle the second week of camp. So they like him, but we haven't we haven't seen it. So and they haven't seen it. So you guys are running just in case. You guys are singing next just yeah. in case. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think I think getting a veteran tackle would certainly benefit yeah. the entire roster yeah. all the way through. I agree. So that's that's definitely something that'll be on their mind. While we're talking about some of the negatives in terms of health and and question marks around that offense in OTAs, let's flip it. There's a positive. The fact that Dak Prescott is completely healthy in this offseason for the first time in two years. Yeah, crack open that ice-cold deja blue water in a can. That's so timely. Cheers, everybody, to Dak Prescott being healthy. Everybody, yeah. So 
what kind of impact does that give Isaiah on a, a an offense on a team when your leader is not only back, he's in yeah. the room, he's in those <clears throat> meetings, and he's fully capable of contributing, but also he is fully healthy and he's looking better than he has in probably two years. It makes you feel good. I mean, your stress levels are low. I just finished watching Obi Kenobi first two episodes, you know, and Obi's back. You know, he's back. He's back. You know, the Obi Kenobi of the Dallas Cowboys is back. And he's the man. He's the leader of this offense. He's the leader of this organization. And, you know, you think Jerry Jones and you think Dak Prescott. Those are the two people you think about. Well, you got Double J up top and you got you got Dak down here on, on the ground level. And when he's healthy, you don't have to worry about the what ifs. You don't have to worry about, oh, is, this, is the offense going to look okay? Are they going to have some continuity? Are these guys going to get the information relayed? How is there, you know, are these guys going to be in sync? There's new receivers, the tight ends. How is this going to flow? You, all those worries that you had before kind of go away. And you're able to look at the production that he had last year and identify, okay, this is what he did well. This is, he had some lulls when he wasn't healthy. Okay, so if we eliminate those, what does this offense look like? Because we understand that this Offense can only go as far as Dak's health goes. Agreed. You can work around a lot of other things in this offense. If Dak's not healthy, you're on the struggle bus. I don't care who the heck you got back there. So it's awesome that he's healthy. It's awesome that he's able to get this work, full speed reps with his new guys, his new acquisitions, because they're going to need that going into camp. No, I, I, you know, I talk about Dak all day. You know, pay me to talk about Dak. I mean, it's, it's. Look, I felt as though last season the disadvantage was coming to coming into OTAs that he wasn't healthy. You didn't know what version of Dak you were going to get. So coming into the seventh season, I think you feel a lot comfortable knowing that he has a full off season. Now he's getting healthier. The ankle should be a lot better. All of the information that he's been getting, talking about from the doctors, is saying that you'll be much better from this injury. In your yep. second season. So I'm looking for that. Yep. The Cowboys need that. And so, but I'm with you. If his health ain't right, this whole thing ain't right. And I mean, if all of your investment is put there in him and the amount of money that he demands at, as a salary as a wow. Dallas Cowboys quarterback is astronomical. And you have to build around that. I feel I want Dak to go scorched earth this year. Mm. I really do. <clears throat> I want him to have the kind of season where he is playing some of the top tier quarterbacks in this league. He burned them down. And that's what he has to do to get to the end of the season this time next year. So for all those naysayers, and I know none of the guys, they say they don't care about that, Mm -hmm. but he's got to shut some people up. I mean, legit, his numbers mean nothing. The way that people judge Dak, they judge him in quarters of the season at a time over the last eight games or the first two, you know, whatever it is, against teams with 500, teams with this. His record, what's going to stand for Dak is having that productive season as a quarterback you know, not throwing a whole bunch of interceptions. Maybe he's gotten close to the 5,000 at, at once yeah. uh, back in the day. But his health is, is paramount. And talking about the offensive line health and who they're going to have at that swing tackle and all up front is going to be important as well because you have to keep him standing up in this offense that's demanding him to throw a lot of balls. So <laughs> this is his season. In his seventh season, this is, uh, this is as hot as it gets underneath him. I agree. Uh, he's the key to the season because he plays quarterback. And you saw with Joe Burrow, who, who has some nice pieces players around him but you know if your quarterback is balling out and having like a, a generational special season that can change the whole dynamic of your offense your team you can mask some things that are weaknesses on your team and and they're in a situation now where they're in transition with their receivers and the best quarterbacks in the league Isaiah's played with some can elevate guys to become better players just yeah. by playing with a great quarterback and that's that's you know without Amari that's I think CD can is already got a Pro Bowl 
right? He, he can be a great player, but there are some questions beyond CD, and obviously CD's stepping into a new role, so there's that. I think him coming back healthy this offseason, it's really two offseasons now where now he's back to a normal one because the whole team didn't even have offseason workouts two right. years ago. Yep. Last year, um, it's the stuff that we don't always see. It's, it's them working out on their own together yeah. and building rapport <clears throat> away from the team that, that he didn't get to really do last year because he's focusing on his leg. And and last year, at least, you had kind of your exact receiving core intact. This year, you don't. This year, you've got a rookie uh, third-round pick who's got a lot of talent, but they may ask him to be a starter week one. James Washington is new. Uh, CD's in a new position. He's playing flanker now. Like You need Dak on the field working through all that stuff. And so it's huge that he's healthy. You brought up a great point because, yeah, it's been two off-seasons since Dak has really been back in this role. But even Mike McCarthy's talked about it. It's been three seasons now since you've really had a normal off-season and Dak can step into that leadership role in person, in front of these guys, have these conversations, the the intent that he has as the starting quarterback to be a guy who (laughs) elevates the games of others. And you look uh, up and down, and and Heckma mentioned it a moment ago, I was curious to see some of the quarterbacks that the Cowboys play on their roster or on their schedule rather throughout the season Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow and a lot of those are at the early part of the season yeah. with with those especially with with Brady, Stafford and Burrow all within the first 5 weeks of the regular season. Yeah. You're going to figure out just what kind of moxie Dak Prescott has in in year number 7. Just what kind of step he's going to take and you're going to find out early on in the year but when you look at the rest of these quarterbacks, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, Carson Wentz, Trevor Lawrence, Jalen Hurts, Jared Goff, Justin Fields, Daniel Jones, and Davis Mills, there's no reason, mm-hmm. no reason Dak Prescott shouldn't be better than every single one of those last names I just mentioned. He should be the best quarterback on the field in those games, Facts. which in that case provides you with a great chance to win. Facts. And, and, you know, and I know we've spoken a lot on this show in particular, you know, about Hex Dak, you know, uh, Hex Dak, that's what I'm going to call him. <laughs> what? Uh, I like Hex Dak. Hex Dak. Hex Dak. Uh, <laughs> be careful when saying that. Hex Dak. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> in terms of the respect that he has or like thereof that Dak has around the league, and I, and I think that what you're seeing over these past two seasons, they're putting him up against Tom Brady these last two years. Mm-hmm. First, first game. game. First game. First game. <laughs> right so I don't think that anybody is looking at Dak as lesser than. I think they're putting him up against the greatest that there ever has been to see what he is. And I think there's no dink that all of a sudden the Dallas Cowboys just have Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's not divisional woe. This is out of, out of division. Facing these guys the first game of the season to kick the year off. No, no, no dink there. Joe Mm-mm. Burrow right afterwards. Woo-hoo. Yep. <laughs> Woo. So, I mean, to, to your point. Dak has respect around the league. He just has to back it up, man. Yeah, Yeah, he's got that national respect, but now it's time to take that step forward. It's not about respect anymore. It's about winning is ultimately the case, and you got to do it in the postseason. You can't just go 12-5 and again because we've already seen that's going to frustrate quite a bit of people along the way. All right, let's take our first break. When we come back here on Talking Cowboys, who takes the second-year jump? Who do you expect in this second season to take a leap to the next level and provide some massive impact for this team? We'll talk about it when we come back right after this. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why SLR pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super-sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizal for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. 
So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. At AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call and teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network's busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United, United Ag, Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. <laughs> well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Back to Talking Cowboys. Welcome back to Talking Cowboys here on this beautiful Tuesday from the SWBC studios at the Star in Frisco. Got to tell you again about the. Uh, Home Run Derby, Reliant Home Run Derby, because Cowboys Nation, ninth annual Home Run Derby is back at Riders Field in Frisco on June 7th at 6.30 p.m. Come see your favorite Cowboys players swing for the fences to raise money for the Salvation Army. There's free admission to all. See you there. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash fans slash Reliant slash 2022 slash home dash run dash derby to learn more. So, so yeah, we've got some news here. No, oh, dash, dash, whoa. dash. Got some news. Two two issues of news, and I'm breaking this. I haven't even announced this on social media oh. yet. So this is an exclusive for you talking Cowboys listeners out there. Two things. Here. Exclusive, exclusive. The first one is that I will be hosting the Home Run Derby. I'm seeing the Home Run Derby. <laughs> and my co-host for the Home Run Derby. I'm really excited about this. Okay. Is my fiance Lorena Skumo? Oh, how about that? She that actually hosted. That's she, actually kind of dope. She hosted awesome. this wait event. Minute, wait minute. She hosted this event way back when. She used to work for the Rough Riders, and oh. she's she's a, like a, a, a live on field on court host. She does like the Texas Legends and stuff. Oh. She's hosted this event way back when, and they're bringing her back, and we're going to host it together. Hmm. So power couple. It'll be really fun. Hmm. The second one is that I'm swinging for the fences, baby. Ooh. We're swinging. They let me get a bat. I'm going to put it up there, and we're going to hit some bombs. You don't Let's say. Do I've already got the blisters on my hands. I've already hit the batting cage. We're rolling. Kyle. I got that swing back. Got that, got that launch angle. Yeah. No, we're going back. I'll go with you. What's your exit below right now? Uh, like at least 110. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, what it is. What's your walk-up music? You know, I haven't chosen it yet. I got to send an email today. Anybody have any suggestions, please let me know. I actually meant to text Heck. I was going to see what he thought about it. 
Oh, Got anything? Man. I don't have nothing, man. I, I'm just tr- that is that is really dope. it's gonna be I really fun. Yes, yeah, and awesome. it's all for charity. You get to see the Cowboys yeah. players. That's the important awesome. part about it. You but it through, is fun that I'm. You gotta there. come through for us. I'm gonna okay. win the thing. Oh yeah, I'm gonna win the thing. Because yes, I mean. there's a there's a media <laughs> well, session beforehand. That. I'm gonna go win it. So yeah, humility. and it's all for charity. It's gonna be a whole lot of fun. I'll let you know what the charity is next week, and we'll get the walk up song and everything. So it'll be fun. All right, it's gonna be fun. Once again, Tuesday, June seventh for that Reliant you were, you home were run derby. Jacked up for this, dude. I am pumped for this. I think it's going to be a great night at the ballpark. All right. I'm teased it going into the break, as always. Who takes the year two jump here for the Dallas Cowboys? There's a lot of names on that list. Micah Parsons, of course, he had a great rookie year. What kind of step can he take in year two? Kelvin Joseph, can he be a starter? Chauncey Golston, Osa Digizua, Nashawn Wright, all third rounders a year ago. All need to take that next step. Golston in his first healthy offseason has put on 20 pounds is what he told me. They are going to use him inside. They're going to use him outside. He's going to be a three technique, five technique. He'll be an edge rusher. All over that defensive line. Chauncey Golston looking at a new role. And then also I think Izua, a lot of people think he could be the guy to take that next step and be an impact player. Heckman, when you look at the guys entering year two, Who's the most likely to take that jump for you? You know, I love what you said about about Golston, and I, and I love the way they're using him and his flexibility right now up front. I mean, as a as a second year player, I think he can be one of those diversified pieces on your defensive line. And I don't think a lot of people are even looking for him and talking about um, because of his length. He's I think he can be really disruptive uh, for us. So um, I saw a little bit of him last year in OTAs. Him and Armstrong uh, doing the, the you know twist and stunts with each other. They don't keep him all all the way inside. They bring him back outside uh, for stuff like that. But that's the way that our defense has really been put together. So him, Joseph, also Digizua, all of these guys, they have to make the jump. But come on now. what, what What's understood don't have to be stated. It's got to be Micah. <laughs> Put, you know, Put the bazooka back you got, on your shoulder. The thing is, is that reload as, a, as an organization, you I mean, you bazooka like this or just drop it in there and turn. I don't know how <laughs> you got to do it. But it's it's got to be one of those situations with Micah um, where – 84 tackles last season, 13 sacks. The guy had a monster rookie season. Um, the this this franchise needs him to be bigger and better than what he was last year. Now, hope no one forgets that he's a better edge rusher than he is a linebacker. Zaya. Oh, we got we got 29 minutes left. Yeah, Y'all want to debate better, this? He's again. a better edge rusher, and I hope they don't forget that when it's time to start talking about the contract because. That's where he is so disruptive. But I love the way that Dan Quinn uses him, blitzing from the middle of the defense, even when he is at, in the linebacker position. P, you brought me around to him in coverage and his coverage ability. Yeah. Going back over the season, you see a lot of his ability to track in space. Uh, and that's just, I mean, this, the guy is so talented. Sometimes this is like, all right, how do we exactly use him? And I think this year you, you're able to hone in. Uh, but he's the one guy out of all those guys that you absolutely need to make the biggest jump. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, no, I love it. I, I didn't know if we could we could use Micah as, as an example. Sure. Because he had one of the best rookie seasons we have ever seen in the National Football League already. But I think Heck's right. Like, there's another level for him. And I'm, I'm reminded of, like, the hard knock segments when he's working with DeMarcus Ware during training camp last year. And then he's thrown into that part of his job and did it so well. Like, if he can refine that, like that part of his game, the pass rushing stuff, like how good can he be? Because I think a lot of it, he's not just doing it on, he's not freelancing out there, but that's not something he's he worked exclusively or necessarily diligently at 
last year. Mm-hmm. He's like Heck said, he's trying to do a lot of different things. His first game at Tampa Bay, he's covering uh, Fournette and, and Gronk out of the backfield, or out, you know, and, and covering tight ends and backs. So that to me could be the next step for him. I, for another guy, I would say Osa. I think they're very excited about him. Um, I ran into him in the lunchroom a couple weeks ago and was like, man, I almost didn't recognize. He's put on weight, strength. You can see the difference. And they were really impressed with what he did in year one and think he can be a longtime starter for them. I got two names. One on each side of the ball. That's good. Neville Gallimore. Okay. Need him to be a, technically year three, but I'll, I'll give it to I you. Yeah, I, start, I need him to be a dog. He okay. missed a good he portion a good of year portion. two. Yeah, so. that I'll is, give it to you. I need him. I need him to be a dog. I think he's in that same category as Osa for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I don't. I mean, my other name's not a rookie either. I mean, I, I gotta go with this is most important. This is like are we just. No, I mean, I'm saying year two, second year but, jump, but you just kind of passed. Yeah, I'm right just blowing right through that. I mean. Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> Do what you gotta yeah, do. Yeah, I mean, just take it. Just tell me. Second fine. year jump, third, seventeen year. I, listen here. Now we know Gallimore, Isaiah doesn't listen. I listen. Just Gallimore needs to be a dog. Yeah. Okay. And I'm jumping to CD. I don't care what year it is for him. Year CD three. needs to be a dog because this is really his first year as a number one. Mm. So, yeah, he's been playing underneath, and yeah, he's been productive and all those jazz. But he still has a lot of things that he needs to clean up in order to be respected and regarded as a number one in this league. Not to say that he's not a very productive, really good receiver, but everybody knows the leap that he needs to take. But come on, Zaya, give it to us how you know. Like when these cameras is off and these mics is off, you give us something different. Now, come no, on, say it how no, you say I'm it. I'm saying how I say it. CD needs to be a dog. CD, and I said it last week. CD is not regarded around the league as a number one receiver. It's not to say that he can't be a number one receiver. And I know the question, that follow up question is going to be like, well, what does what does he need to do in order to be that? He needs to be feared by every team that faces him. I don't feel as if teams feel the need to double team him all the time yet. I see what Heckman's trying to pull out. I know of what he's trying to do. And I'm gonna I'm gonna ask the same question. Do you think he can do that? Do you specifically, Isaiah Stanback, <laughs> on this table here, May 31st of 2022, do you believe CeeDee Lamb can do that? He wants, can he be that number one? He wants commercial break, Isaiah. I believe the children of the future. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Stop stalling. Answer uh, the question. Yes, I do. I, I do believe that. I believe okay. he can. Uh, will he is the question. And I think that's a question that nobody has an answer for except for a CD. Is he fully capable? That dude has the physical attributes. He has the side. He has everything, right? He has all the skill sets. He has the quarterback. He has the, everything, that the offensive coordinator. Everything is in place for him to be a complete dog in his league. I just want to see him do it. When I spoke last time about his willingness or whether or not he's really take that leap, it was in regards to how he – handle himself and how he his mannerisms as a leader um, from what we've seen to date doesn't portray what you consider to be a leader. Antonio Brown is an absolute dog, one of the most feared people in his league when he's playing, right? But he's nobody's going to say he's a leader. Mm-mm. Okay, so when you start seeing some of these things where he's throwing his hands up and he's frustrated and he's walking off the field and he's sitting on the end of the bench and all these things, he can't do that when you're number one. Those are the things that I'm talking about in terms of that leap. I don't know the man personally. I can't speak to him. I can just only speak to what I've seen. Yeah. He has to make those adjustments going forward. He's now going to have to take the responsibility of not only I have to perform, but also now I have to hold everybody up to a higher standard of performance as well because it's not going to be allowed for us just to be simply mediocre. Yeah. There's a lot that comes with being a leader. 
No, I, and the thing is that just being around you, I know that you don't judge wide receivers on the curve. Either you yeah. are or you yeah. aren't. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of yeah. black and white yeah. in that regard. And I think for C.D. Lamb, I agree with you. He has the potential. He has the capacity to be that. Yeah. When you look around the league, when you start talking about the top guys, it's Justin Jefferson, it's Jamar Chase, it's Cup, it's Diggs, it's guys like that. But C.D. Lamb fits mm-hmm. it right at – you don't so, get yeah. far after no. Adams and guys like that before you have to insert C.D. Lamb. Mm-hmm. His first year in the league, I think – if him and Dak were able to play that full year together, I think we wouldn't even be having this conversation. Okay. He finished with 935, I believe, in yeah. his first season, yeah, which is close. All right, 1100 last year uh, in, in a full season with Dak. Well, missed one game, but mm-hmm. still. It's still the second most yards by a receiver in the first two years of a season, only behind Bob Hayes, I believe. And that's, and it's that's, a different game today, hey, that, but that's, still. That's the guy they called Bullet Bob. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, a so, legend. A legend. Yeah. So, I mean, the numbers, the production, even with, I believe, his catches. I mean, he has more catches than any other receiver up until this point. So he's doing a lot of things for the organization that's been here for a long time. Uh, But you're right. When you start looking at the the cream of the crop, that's the same thing that we're talking about with Dak, all right? Everybody kind of reveres him. Eh, That's kind of neat. Underneath, he has the same thing going on here. CD is going to go up against some guys that – that look, man, from a defensive back standpoint, even his contemporaries across from him, yeah. he has a, an opportunity to set himself apart from them, and I just want to see him do it. Yeah. I f- I forget, you forget how young he is because he's 23, and, and the fir- when I walked up for his interview, the first thing he was talking about was uh, last Wednesday was he put on 10 pounds of mass, lean muscle, and he said he grew half an inch. <laughs> Which it's like, that's he's still growing, you know. Like that's that's high school stuff, you know. That's that he's a young guy who's got room to grow, and there are technical parts of his game. He's going to be playing a new position. Drops were, were a thing, have been a thing for two years. And and I asked him specifically, Isaiah. I asked him about leadership, and he talked about that the importance of that. And I think some of it too is he's with a new position with new responsibility. He's not going to be sneaking up on anybody. There's going to be more coverage rolled to him, probably. Um, he's because he's the focal point. And so, how do you handle that? How no. do you how do you adjust to that? Prevent frustration. How do you lift other guys up? Be the guy in the room because I think what happens in the room is something fans don't see either. Who, yeah, who's gonna, and that's something guys talked about. Amari was Amari wasn't an outspoken guy, but Amari was a guy who would pull you aside and, and talk mm-hmm. to guys and, and give guys give guys help. And so at 23 years old, he's, he, and, he and MG are going to be asked to do that. Yeah, yeah it's a lot yeah. to bear. And, that, and that's when we start talking about his development, particularly in, in regards to CD, I think the majority of his development has to come in the form of between his ears. That, that's where his development has to come. And that's in terms of his understanding of the game. That's his understanding and his role in this particular offense, his role as a leader, right? The battles that he has within emotionally, his emotional maturity, all those things that I've spoken about uh, other players in the past, that's where his development has to come. It's not the physical. The drops, that's reps. Go get on the jugs machine, whatever yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. Get rid of that, okay? Getting in continuity with your, with your uh, quarterback, all that jazz. That stuff, easy. Boom. We know his physical attributes will be there. It's the mental aspect that he has to make the biggest leap, and it's a lot to bear. I'm not saying it's easy it's a lot to freaking bear when somebody that you've been you've been underneath Amari Cooper for your first few years and all of a sudden he's gone and you're like oh crap it's on me Mm -hmm. but let me ask you this I I, I think for most of these young guys it's the 
You were talking about the, the soft tissue issues mm-hmm. the guys are having on the field because yeah. they've been preparing a certain yep. way. I think it's a, the approach to the pro game for these young guys when they come in from rookies, the change yeah. that you have now, your, your time is your own. So mm-hmm. are you spending it studying? or you, you know? True. So approach to the game, I think, is what basically that you're talking about. But I don't think that CD views himself as a guy that was living underneath Amari Cooper. Okay. I think he came through the door with the expectation wearing two eights that, hey, I'm the man around here. I just got to show y'all mm-hmm. that what I am. And so he has the look, he has a ton of ability. I believe that Kellen Moore right now, his offense, the passing game part of his offense, he can expand so much more on because you don't ideally have that one guy that offenses well, defense can say, we're going to definitely take him away. Mm -hmm. Well, you don't have that piece anymore. You don't have the guys that, you know, so you can move CD Lamb around a lot more. He doesn't have to be the guy on the outside. He can move all the way through, but you're going to have to have some healthy pieces. That's where the wide receiver room, you Mm got to get more guys in and around him. Uh, You know, so look, I I just believe he can do it. I I think his approach to the game is going to be there. Uh, but God, why didn't you let me grow half inch? <laughs> <laughs> I was done at 23. I mean, that's yeah. uh, some guys get all the breaks, man. Do, do you guys feel that he's in mandatory double team status yet? Uh, no, but I don't think he's far off. Okay, I like, I don't think. Teams, like you said, are going to say, oh, man, we got to double-team him. Let's let's go single coverage, everybody yeah. else. He's double-teamed on this backside. I don't think he's there yet, okay. but if he comes out and he plays really well the first two or three weeks of the season, it's not going to be yeah. a quick quick trigger. Or it will be a quick trigger for mm-hmm. teams to, to put him in that category. Uh, he showed flashes that he can be that. Like sure. the, the New England game, you're like, yeah. Yeah. okay, this this is special. Yeah. Like So – it's the consistency, yeah. and it's also being, like you said, being the guy. He, I know it's just an interview, but he sure sounded like a guy who was super excited. Mm-hmm. Like I've been ready, I'm motivated to do yeah. this. Dak's gonna stay on him, I think, because yep. that's maybe that's where Dak's, yeah, that's where Dak's <laughs> leadership comes in. He's like, your locker's next to mine. We're, I mean, this is this is gonna be the one-two punch <laughs> yep. going we're, forward. We're so brothers, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Herniated in. brothers. <laughs> so nice. we'll see. Uh, We'll see where it goes, but but yeah, it, I mean, this is Dak's a huge key and CD's a huge. I'm key. excited for him, man. I'm excited. It's, it's a great opportunity, you know. It, it, the, the everybody else around him put a lot of pressure on him. I don't know him again to to know what his mental state was when he first, you know, was brought onto his organization. But obviously, everybody else threw that pressure on him by giving him an 88. Automatic. Yep. Automatic. Everybody else threw the weight of the world on him. Cool. That boy had his jam sport on, right? So and then all of a sudden, you know, he puts out a good first season. Boom. That's even more baggage. Okay. Coming into year two. All right. Now he's bought out again. Boom. Now all of a sudden, Amari's gone. That boy's backpack's heavy, right? His backpack's heavy. Yeah. That's why he put the sponsor. That's, come on, man. That's why he put the extra 10 pounds on. He got he, he got to stand up tall. He got to carry that weight. Yeah. And now it's time to show up and say, can you carry that weight? And are you willing to carry the weight? But because I know you watch a lot of the NFL anyway, like when you go to like the Rams, yeah. you have a Cooper Cup that everybody and their mama know he's going to get the ball. Get uh, but you got to have a, a, a two that can be bona fide as well to, ca- to carry that. And I think that's been the difference in the 1A, 1B Facts. aspect of the wide receiver group here at the Dallas Cowboys. So if CD can be that, then everybody else can eat. Tolbert can eat, Gallup can eat, all the other guys can can eat behind that. That's a that's a very valid point that you brought up. The number two, Gallup, Washington, whoever it is, starting out, Kay Tolbert, has to be dang near as as productive as as a number one in this offense. Reason being when the defenses decide to roll coverage, when they decide to start changing up what they want to do, your number two has to be able to act as a as a one now. Yep, exactly. He has to be they he they he has to be capable of 
right? Not just willing, he has to be capable of exploiting the defense as a 1B would. And I think that's what the Dallas Cowboys had with Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. Or oh, you want to roll the coop? Don't worry about it. We got CD over here. Mm-hmm. Now you're in a position now, oh, you want to roll the CD? What do we have? We got to wait and see. Yeah, because that's yeah, this is a great point. Because the number two receiver led the team in receiving last year. And that's that is it goes back to Jason Garrett's time here. It's just, we're going to take what the defense gives us. We're not going to force feed things. And like to Cooper Cup, that the last two minutes of the Super Bowl was the example of what people want to see here at times, where it's like, who cares? Like we're we're going to him. The season's on the line. Yeah. Yep. You know, and they they have not operated like that really with this offense. They haven't needed to. At some point, they might need to, yeah. especially with CD at the the top of that depth chart. Whenever we get to the wide receivers, and we don't know who's available. Going into the first couple weeks of the season, it may be heavily on CD moving into uh, moving into that early part of the regular season. All right, when we come back, there's been some buzz around the NFL lately. Roger Goodell talked about maybe getting rid of the Pro Bowl or at least changing the format. We're going to brainstorm some ideas on how we could change the Pro Bowl and make it more fun and viewership heavy. When we come back with more Talking Cowboys. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. At AT AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call. And teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone, new and existing customers, our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network's busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Back to Talking Cowboys. Whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you've seen every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor can do for you. See more, do more. Essilor on Talking Cowboys. Guys, I almost lost my Essilor lenses this week. No. no. Yeah, I was terrified. I had them in my cup holder and I cleaned my truck out. And then I came back later and they weren't in my cup holder. And I legit heart dropped. I found them later. I had somehow put them in uh, 
in my gym bag, like without mm. thinking about it. And I, I've, I found them in my gym bag later, which I never do. Your Merce. Mm, yeah, the Merce. <laughs> That's what it was. But uh, got them back, as you can see, wearing them. We love our friends over at Essilor. Absolutely. It's a satchel. <laughs> it is a satchel. Thank you, Rob. It's not a Merce. It might be. Uh NFL looking to change the Pro Bowl, potentially. Roger Goodell spoke on it this past week, and it's got a, a lot of people brainstorming some ideas. I thought we could have a part of this to end out our our show in the final month, or final show for the month of May, and I wanted to get creative with it. So, let's say the game is next. Let's say they go go away from this game, which, by the way, Isaiah, do you, do you want the game to go away? Do you want to see it continue on? Like, What's your opinion on that before we get into the creativity? I think the Pro Bowl selection needs to continue because it's such a highly acclaimed thing in the, in the league. Like That's something you, you are going after, right? You're balling out for your team, but you also, that's the self-accolade portion of it. And guys get paid off of Pro Bowl, based mm-hmm. upon your Pro Bowl selection. Oh yeah, Hall of Fame Absolutely. credentials one day too. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that aspect needs to continue. I do think we are in, in a different age of athlete. In terms of back in the day, guys played for pride. Guys played for bragging rights. Like, and it was no, no matter what, it, pickup basketball was a thing. I can't tell you the last time I seen anybody even playing pickup basketball. I, don't, I haven't seen no kids on the street no more. Right. So the game is different, right? The generation is different now. It's based upon my salaries and how much money can I make. That's not to say that guys aren't competing. It's just to say that their motives are a little bit different than what they used to be. When, you know, you you calling me a punk or something like that back in the day would get me up. Hey, oh, forget that. We right, Let's go head up one-on-one. Now it's like, oh, you a punk. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Or now it's like, hey. If I pay you, okay, now let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about it. So money's the motivator now, and the league has has transitioned to that. I just think that these guys that are playing now aren't motivated by just pure competition anymore. So from that standpoint, I think the game needs to start dwindling away. I would be more opt to see guys compete in regards to just skills challenges. Mm-hmm. And they have some of that. But if it is, puts guys at risk at, at getting injured, they're not going to do it because the motivator is money. I'm not going to put myself in a position to lose money. But I know when it changed. It changed back in the day. I don't remember the year. I was watching the Skills Challenge back when Larry Allen and those guys used to do bench press and all that jazz. Tony Gonzalez was doing like a little um, little catching, catching little circuit. They're trying to see how many balls they can catch right in a certain amount of time. And he quit in the middle of it. And I remember watching this. He quit in the middle of it because his finger started getting jammed up. And he's like, oh, no, I'm not doing this no more. He just walked off. And I remember looking at Tony and goes, and I lost so much respect for him. For mm. Tony G? For Tony G. I don't give Hall a dog Hall of Famer? On. Hall of Famer. I lost so much respect. For him. I remember in that moment because I'm a competitor. Right. I'm like, you don't stop. <laughs> you don't stop. Jam but his I, finger. But, <laughs> but at that moment, I was like, it's going to change forever because now guys are going to be thinking about, oh, Injuries. I can get injured. Oh, yeah. all this stuff. And I remember that. I re- distinctively, I remember that. And now that's what guys are concerned about. When we watched the, the 40-yard dash this year where guys running full speed. Tyreek, nope. No. Micah was. Micah was hauling tail. Yeah. He's a competitor. Yeah. Right? He cares about that pride. Different breed. But, there, but other guys were like, I'm not trying to hurt my hammy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, so if you took the defensive guys and had them hit up, hit a move one of those moving bags that they have in remote controls now, and measure how much power, I think guys would do that. Yeah, I think guys would do that. How yeah. hard can guys hit? Who has the sweetest backpedal? You know, things like that. I think there's a way to get creative with the skill side, but in terms of the game, 
the game is gone, y'all. Mm. You're talking about the the science of football. Yeah, get yeah. the GPS on yeah. it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah the, the physical weight of force yeah. or whatever's happening. Yeah. Yeah, I, all of that to me sucks, and I hate to sound like that. Uh, <laughs> no, it does. I, and I'm sorry. I just I hate to sound like that. Back in the day, I told you I'm on the yeah. back in the day train, you know. And I'm I'm used to seeing guys go to Hawaii and play their guts out, and like you said, for pride. And mm-hmm. and you know, man, I get in this generational argument with my 15 year old. Mm. Oh, little and heck. Just, and it just, you know what it does? It drains the life out of you because they have they have nearsightedness. Yeah. They can only see so far. So I'm like, okay, you know, guys used to absolutely love to play in this game. And now it's not what it used to be. And I think from maybe it's just the athletes, the, all the information that they're getting on the, the financial aspect of it. They just feel like, hey, man, I want to make sure that I play for the next however long. And that, those are cer- certain things that, as competitors, you don't respect. As you just pointed it out, I mean, I just feel as though the the Hall of Fame, that game, the Pro Bowl, is so important yeah. to football, to the psyche of players mm-hmm. that play the game. You talk about the voting to Hall of Fame and all of that, to be respected amongst your peers. Now, I think the voting, hadn't the voting changed? It, ch- it changed from the writers to the fans elect. Yeah. The, yeah. It's, well, so, it's, it's like a third each. Like, it's. I think it's players, coaches, and fans. Players, that, coaches, I, and fans. I think that's right. And so they they brought that aspect into it, and I think that changed a lot of it also yeah. for the players because they're like, wait a minute, you're voting for – it turned into a popularity contest mm-hmm. and not guys that are actually out there balling. So, you know, but I, I love the game. So anytime you can get some more football, yes, give it yeah. to me. I have no problem with no game. I, have to, I write this, a story off the game every year, and I'm just like – they're not even tackling each other. Which, yep. which, by the way, I have no problem with. I tweeted about this during the game this year. I said, Twitter seems big mad about no tackling in the Pro Bowl. Players' day job has a 100% injury rate. I always say, deadliest catch. Guys, Let guys enjoy this without any real risk of getting hurt. There's a 17th game now, too. That these guys, yeah, that's a, big, too. It's a long season, and I have no problem because I can't do their job. I got no problem with guys not wanting to get hurt. Yep. And, you know, I got, I, there were some big responses. Then don't charge money to view this game of Duck, Duck, Goose. That was the first reply I got. To that nice. Piece. But I got no problem. I, I think a, a skills challenge <laughs> where maybe you put some incentive on the line, you mm-hmm. know, like Dak, or why do I keep saying Dak? Micah Parsons. Running the forty against Tyreek Hill—that's fun. Like that—that's something where nobody's probably going to get hurt, but you can showcase the stars, and guys still get a vacation and they still get the recognition. Like to me, that's an easy you, way to do it. If you made the—if you took just some of the combine drills, yeah, and put them out there, guys would do it. Bench press—they yeah. still do—they still do all yeah, that stuff. But right? guys would do it. Yeah. Bench press, vertical jump, broad jump—all that. Guys would do that. That'd be fun. That's competitive. That's competitive. People in watch a safe, the combine in a safe environment. Yeah. Guys would do it, I would, and I would watch it. And yeah. I think the whole world will watch it because everybody and their mama stays tuned and watches the combine without blinking. Right? <laughs> they, they just, just, but I think you're going to watch people compete if it's on TV. Yeah. Competition. Real competition, though. Right. But that's it's the reason why I can't watch basketball nowadays. No. I, it's, it's hard for me to watch basketball yeah. because these ticky-tack fouls. And if you ask if the NBA players nowadays to go back to the rules from the 80s and 90s, they say, heck to the gnaw. We got to review that. <laughs> we got to review. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's an elbow that, oh, God, take five minutes. And is it flagrant? Yeah. Okay. So I've got two ideas then. I'm going to pitch to what you guys get? about fixing the Pro Bowl. The first one it kind of merges what Heckman's talking about and what Rob's talking about. Keep the game, keep the football side of it, 
but make it more entertaining and less dangerous. It's been a joke previously, but I mean, I think this should be the case. I want it to be seven-on-seven flag football. Get the skills guys out there, quarterbacks, running backs, seven-on-seven. Run it just like you would a seven-on-seven tournament. Like all these guys at this point have played at some point throughout their career. Go seven-on-seven. Oh, what do you do about the offensive linemen? They're the coaching staff. They're the ones that put everything together. They they have you have responsibilities okay. divided up, and your your offensive linemen are coaching the skills guys, and then keep it as an incentive all the way through. I, I love it. I think that would be so fun to watch. You mic up all the offensive linemen, so you have them jarring at, at skills guys, getting into their face, and and things like that all the way through. I think it would be really fun to watch. You like it? I love it. Okay. I mean, the, the, takes the tackling this, out of it. This year's game was there were elements of two hand touch this year. There just was, and it. I mean, they call it a tackle game, but that's what it was. And again, I got no problem with that. But mm-hmm. that's that's kind of what it morphed into anyway. Yeah. So gives them FaceTime, gives the offensive lineman a chance to get some TV. Now, my, I, I Michael was trying to hit offensive guys. linemen so much shine. What about what are you going to do about your defensive linemen? You're going to give them they're something on there to do? Too. Okay. Yeah. No, no, they're they're Sand. they're there too. Offensive linemen. You you'll well edge rushers will be a part of that. It's okay. seven on seven. You can put them out there. Play around a little bit. Yeah. What do you think? I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, no, for sure. I think it's a great idea. And then I've got a skills competition one, too, that I've I've been thinking about, too. While I was trying to brainstorm how to fix the game, I was like, oh, this would be fun. I want to, what's one of the more exciting parts of just sports in general? How about penalty kicks in soccer? Where you've got a, a easily made kick right at the beginning, and you've got a goalie trying to stop it. The goalie rarely gets it, but when he does, it's a highlight reel. It's a World Cup year too. Exactly, I like, I like World where your Cup head's year. At. Yeah, I think you put a, a forty-five yard kick. You put a kicker out there, forty-five yards. You got to get it in. It's not an easy kick, but it's one that NFL kickers should nail nine times out of ten. Forty-five yarders, and then I want standing at the goal line the quarterback of the opposing team, and I want him to try and skeet shoot it out of the air, snipe it with the football, have the quarterbacks try and target practice to try and keep it from going in the goalpost. That is the worst idea. <laughs> Why is that bad? <laughs> I swear to God. Did you dream it's that like one? Penalty that's, like a, that's like a dream. Yeah, it's penalty to? kicks. It's back and forth. You have the green light if it goes in, the X, and then the winner of the skills competition. It's like I a goalie. Mean, backyard, he goes skeet shoot the ball. What, yeah. what are we doing? Is it Doug Dynasty? Yes. What are we doing? It's more. God. It's more of a a a way to do penalty kicks for a football. <laughs> Bubble wrap the whole game and just take us. A, I don't this know. This is man. only a part of the skills competition. Yeah, this isn't do, for the actual. I'm gonna take this football. I'm gonna throw it over that year, man. <laughs> <laughs> if I could just go back. If I could just go this, back. You know what? You're not a soccer guy, though. No, I'm not. I'm not. And, and you know I'm that's, not. That's and exactly you know, what it and is. And you know I'm not. Oh, and geez. the deal is too. It's just I just feel I just feel the game getting softer and softer. And I just as you. The more you talk, I just started wrapping myself in bubble wrap. I mean, like, <laughs> how safe can this thing get? But it's you know? ne- but That's it's what it never is. No, going back. No, I get it. When I Roger mean, Goodell comes out and says, we got to do something, then you know. Look, Sean Taylor changed the Pro we Bowl. We will not see blasting. another Sean Taylor. It won't happen. It no. won't happen. I understand. And like I said, I'm on the back in the day train. I'm going to get off now, and we're going to go ski shoot football. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Dang it, man. Dang I it. Want you, I want you sniping Penny, footballs out of field the air. Goal kicks. <laughs> I, I like it, Kyle. Thank now, you. I don't know about the skeet part. That's kind of you don't like yeah. trying to like block it. Oh, man. I'm gonna I'm stick with the performance yeah. side. Of it. I'm gonna stick, stick with the Russell Wilson running the hoop down down oh, on the God. goal line trying Dude. to throw it Wait, out of the you, air. Kyle, Kyle. Jonathan yeah. Garibay after he gets his Pro Bowl. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, I want I want I want Russell Wilson trying to snipe it out of the air. Yeah. I, think, I, see, I, see, I will watch so the skills position. Take the punters who can kick it the furthest. 
who can kick it the highest. You take field goal kickers who can have the longest field goal, you can most do the, accurate. You can do the movable field goal Absolutely. like in arena where yeah. it's like yeah. they shorten the post. Yeah, most more. accurate. You start, you start talking about the defensive ends. All right, yeah. defensive ends get to go run the hoops. Who has the fastest time? Defensive alignment and offensive alignment. Who has the most most force output in terms of punching? Bring they back, can, bring back, jazz. bring back dodgeball. I had yeah, dodgeball. That was that was yes. co- heck. That was yes. fun. That was, that was fun. fun to watch. I was play a dodgeball game. I right love dodgeball. O line versus D line. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hex like, 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 what the hell are we doing? What, what are we doing? I like it. It's a skills competition. <laughs> you you line up one team, one team, and then it's like a relay all the way through. You Dude, do your each of your challenges you know, all the way well, through. I, I just from the science standpoint, I would love to see you guys. How, who's stronger? Offensive lineman in terms of force output. Offensive freaking Aaron Donald. Or you got freaking, you know, I don't even know, Zach Martin. Zach Martin. You yeah. know, who, who can put out the most force when they punch somebody? I oh, want to see those so now numbers. We're no, no, I'm talking about the the the, the bags, oh. yeah, the bag drills. When you when you punch the bags, how much force output? You just, yeah. it's kind of like a little punching bag. They everybody yeah. wants to watch those numbers go up. Like, where's it gonna stop? Where's it gonna stop? Oh, I, I got Mike Tyson punch out going. Yeah. And there you shooting, go, boy. What's the ski shooting? Better. I wonder if Larry Allen still works out like that. Yeah, you could do like a beat LA challenge. You know, uh, he's uh, he's older now. He's older. We're you could take it. You could take his his beat, old stuff. Beat his top stat. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's lots of things you could do. Heck, and make it fun. Call make me. It call, fun. call Kyle and myself NFL. We'll, we'll work this. Yeah, out we'll for make you. it. We'll make it happen. We've got the ideas. <laughs> we're brainstorming in here. Heckman doesn't necessarily like it, but we're doing it anyways. <laughs> Sorry, Heck. Skeet shooting. All right. <laughs> That's it for us here on Talking Cowboys. Hope you had some fun with us here over the last hour. We will be back next Tuesday to do it all over again at 1130 Central Time. For Jazz in the back, for Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, Heckma Harrison, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the star in Frisco. We'll see you next week on Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!